Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In episode 14 of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss dodgy refs, awful Texans, the OBJ trap and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone presented by Sport Tank. Oli Ong, Dan Yates and Chris Tibbet here ready to help you through the trials and tribulations of supporting a team in the National Football League. Now boys, I know this is an NFL-based podcast, but as we are presented by Sport Tank, we would be remiss not to mention the big Uniball matchup this week. Tomorrow, you heard that right, Friday Night Lights, you've got the national defending national champions the uwe bullets who are currently undefeated however they have conceded six points that is quite a big deal as they face off against the 2021 2022 division one champions in the sgs pride who undefeated not given up a single point it's the first meeting of these two teams that are based in bristol thus it has been dubbed the battle of bristol well doesn't that just make a lot of sense Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and yes, kept that nice and concise because this is an NFL podcast. But if yep. you're in the Bristol area, if you're even around the Bristol area, go check it out. It does promise to be a massive, massive game uh, with two very, very good sides playing. Um, but we're going to move over to the American teams because that's what we do every week. Um, and uh, yeah, you're listening to or watching the NFL Vent Zone. This is your weekly platform to vent about your team. And as Tebs does uh, does so very well each week. Could you tell everyone what the vent zone is? Well, that's easy. The NFL vent zone is your place. If you're annoyed about your team, you just won the Super Bowl. Your team won the Super Bowl. Wow. Look at our nice new logo. Look at our nice new stadium. Look at our nice new city. You've turned around. You've woken up in a, you've woken up from your coma. My starting quarterback is Baker Mayfield. What happened to me? I used to be so happy. My life used to be complete, and now I'm an LA Rams fan. If your life is somewhat like that now, then the NFL vent zone is for you, because if you're annoyed, if you're stressed about your team, come on here, send your vents in, get it off your chest, and live your life like you know you should, stress-free. This is, yeah, this is true. This is the place to unburden yourself. We are here for you. The event, the NFL Vent Zone is here for you. Send your events to us, nflventzone at gmail.com, and we'll get them on the show to discuss. 
like we're about to discuss the Houston Texans. What a team. What a team. Bring up the graphic there, please, Tebs. Yeah, the Texans have done it. This is what the graphic says. The Texans have done it. Exclamation mark. Back to back. Seasons being the first team eliminated from playoff contention. Took a bit of a twist there. Yeah, this is uh, perhaps what we all expected coming into the year. Another horrible year for the Houston Texans. Now they're coming off what was meant to be their Super Bowl. Who did they play this week? They played the Cleveland Browns. Who was uh, playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? Deshaun Watson. Where did Watson spend all of his career? In Houston. And where did he get into? Yeah, get into loads of trouble and put the t- put the franchise in a, some sticky situations. No pun intended. That would be insensitive. Um, he uh, did that all in Cleveland. So this was the, in Houston. So this was meant to be their. Um, this was meant to be their Super Bowl. They did not play well. In a game where the opposition, led led by Deshaun Watson, only managed to score two field goals on offense, the Texans still managed to concede 27 points and lose by 13. They scored two field goals, but one of them came, one of them they were already in the opposition territory, so they scored one field goal in the whole game based on good offensive play, and they still lost by 13 points. Conceding twenty-seven in total. Now that begs me to question. Begs me to ask the question. We have uh, already discussed the uh, the Uniball game that's going on this weekend. Are the Houston Texans, Tebs? Are the Houston Texans worse than a Uniball team at this moment in time? Well, it depends what Uniball team you're talking about, because I'm telling you, there are some right stinkers out there. Um, uh, but it's not so much are they a Uniball team? It's are they an XFL team? That's the question you need to ask and. The answer to the question is, yes, yes, they are. Bring up the DC defenders, put the Houston Texans down. Realistically, it's going to be interesting to see how they can sort of dig their way out of this because everyone who is a star player is gone. I mean, you can have trade Pierce away, but how much are you going to get from him? You can trade Tunsil away, how much are you going to get from him? They don't have the capital, as far as I'm concerned, to completely burn down, um, I think it's NRG Stadium. Don't quote me on that. So they don't have the facilities to burn it all down just to build it back up again. I think it's going to be a long, hard road for a team that, you know, a few years ago was constantly in the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not looking good at all. I mean, when you look at, like you said there, they don't have players that they can trade away. There are not many. There are not. I mean, if you look at the Rams, for example, who are having a horrible season, Granted, they're fresh off a of Super Bowl, but there's they're having a horrible season, but there's stars throughout that lineup, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. That is not the case in Houston, which means the future is just is pretty bleak. Um, and I don't really know what they're going to do at uh, at the quarterback position. Obviously, I think they're bringing in uh, bringing Davis Mills back into the starting lineup after Carl Allen uh, was also very very bad. Um, any uh, any any turning fortunes? Do you think they're coming there, Dan, with uh, going back to Davis Mills with this team? No, they're a terrible football team. Um, I mean, they've got worse somehow from last year. I think they got four wins last year. They're currently one ten and one, and they're dreadful. And they even managed to ruin Damian Pierce, who was you know a phenomenal rookie running back for a large part of the year, and then decided that he wanted one point two yards per carry over three weeks, which is not going to get it done. Mm. The good news for the Texans is they've got two first rounders. They've got what will be the number one pick in the draft, and they've got the Browns, which is going to be a high pick because they're a bad football team. Um, they've got their second rounder, which we the 33rd pick, 
and they've got two third rounders. So they've got the draft capital to get some good players. They're obviously going to take a quarterback number one overall. Um, I expect Bryce Young, but we'll see. Uh, and they're going to have like 60 million in cap space next year. So they're in a position to turn it round and start building. But the problem is, as we saw with Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags last year, sticking a good quarterback on a bad team doesn't make it a good team. Yeah. Um, so suppose... I'm like, I've just got fingers crossed they don't ruin Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I suppose the uh, one thing that they maybe have done well is they have actually drafted all right. They've got Damian Pierce and they've got Derek Stingley on the defensive side of the ball, Pierce being on the offensive side of the ball. That's a couple of good rookies there. And that's something to build around. So when you say about how they've got these nice draft picks coming up, if they can make some good additions, uh, because they have got a few there, if they can make some good additions to partner with Pierce and then Stingley on the defensive side of the ball, they obviously need to sort out that quarterback position. They might be all right, but the level of play that they're at at the moment, as Ted said, XFL level, and uh, they're going to need some. They're going to need some strong players. They're going to need a uh, like a Seattle Seahawks draft class, something like something along those lines, to really turn this team around quickly. It's definitely going to be a long. It's definitely going to be a long job for whoever is running that team next year because I'm not sure if their head coach will still be there at the end of the year. No, he's getting fired. Uh, right, Texans, bad. I thought, sorry, Dan, I thought just as you were about, as you started your um, analysis there, you said the Texans are a bad team. And then there, I thought you were just going to leave it there. And that would have been a solid, solid analysis because that is just what they are, a bad team. Um, we are going to need you to say some more, though, please, Dan, because we're moving on to uh, we're moving on to your vent, and you've got want to get something off your chest about the refs. Yes, my vent is well, it's about the refs, but it's mostly about how cheap the NFL are. So, for those people out there who don't know, refs to the NFL are not full time. Yes, you heard that correctly. They are <laughs> part time referees. The NFL tried full-time refs a little while ago and decided they didn't want to do it because it was too expensive. So they have part-time refs, exactly the same as we do in Britball. Admittedly, the ones in the NFL are paid slightly more, but they are part-time. They are semi-professional. I mean, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar company and they can't be bothered to have full-time referees. And as a result, we get the complete shit show that we got this weekend where it's just inconsistent all over the place. So I've got two things I want to point out. Firstly, um, there was a hit on Jacoby Myers on Thursday Night Football by Damar Hamlin from the Bills. And Damar Hamlin got himself ejected from the game. He did hit Myers in the head, but he didn't leave with his helmet. He hit him with the shoulder. It was a 15-yard penalty, and he should never have been thrown out of the game. But it was prime time, so he got ejected. On Sunday... We saw Traylon Burks get smashed in the head by Marcus Epps from the Eagles, who led with the crown of his helmet, launched himself, and was very late, and he didn't get ejected because it was one o'clock on Sunday. That hit from Marcus Epps was so bad, it's going to be on the training reel that the NFL send out next training camp of how not to play the ball because it was the most egregious targeting hit I've ever seen. He led with the crown of the helmet and hit the receiver in his face mask launching from five yards away that guy should have been out of the game but it was the early window on a sunday and so new york didn't get involved and the refs didn't see it right the inconsistency is just phenomenal and it's because the nfl are too cheap to pay for full-time referees Dev, does this wind you up 
It does. Like it's, I don't know how it's become worse this season. I really don't understand because it's not like the idea of inconsistent referees within the NFL is a new topic. It's been bad year on year on year on year. And I really don't understand how it continues to get worse because I have seen much like you've said with um, the player on the bills who did not lead with the crown of his helmet, but got ejected. I have seen that happen a couple of times this season where just because it's around the helmet, um, the, the, the player has been ejected. I've in fact, I believe it was probably against the Dolphins. I forget who it was. Someone, someone, um, was, uh, someone went in while someone else was sliding and hit them in the back of the head. He was sliding. There was nothing that could be done. His head was just there. He didn't expect it to be there. Ejected. No, no, that's not how the game works. Yeah, and, and it's not just the leading with the head. If you watch AJ Brown's second touchdown for the Eagles on Sunday. He pulls a double move where he starts, you know, starts to go out, goes out, and then goes back up. And he runs through the DB. Like, the DB is in good position on what looks like an out route. AJ Brown turns upfield, drops his head into his chest, runs him over, and they call a foul on the DB. Like, he was was there. The defense are allowed to be there. (laughs) AJ Brown drops his head, hits him with it, and they call a foul on the DB. And AJ Brown gets a touchdown. That's it. I mean, it also, I mean, it's been a ba- it's been a bad year for refs because if you think back to um, early on in the season where you had like two absolutely like disgraceful rough, roughing the passer calls, uh, one of which was against Brady, which everybody against the Falcons, which looked to have a massive impact on the game. That really gave the Falcons an opportunity to get back into the game, um, and uh, they were wondering, you know, it, it led to people even querying whether if that was a different quarterback other than Brady, whether that would have actually got called because it was such a bad call. And the thing that confuses me is, is that it's not like we have, there's major American football leagues around the world. There are obviously American football leagues around the world, but none to the level of the NFL. So there's only one. What it, Which basically, how on earth do you not have professional refs? How do you not have the optimum... You only need to service like 16 at, at most, um, like 16 games a week. You, surely you can manage that. And, they have 17 crews. It's not yeah. hard to make them professional. Yeah. It, and then when you, when like so often you see, and then you think back, you can almost think back to these criminal cases every single year. You've got the ones where, um, what was it? The, uh, oh, the rough in the past. Uh, no, no, the uh, past. Uh, pass interference for the Saints in the playoffs against was that against the Vikings? No, not yeah. The Vikings. yeah, I can't remember yeah. who it was against, but again, that was absolutely franchise altering, horrendous play, uh, horrendous call. Um, and then you've got to look at maybe then you just need to figure out a way to introduce a uh, like a, like a VAR system similar to how they have in football, but let's run it, let's operate it better than they do in English football. Um, the thing is, it exists, yeah. and that's why players are getting ejected. There have been four ejections for an egregious Mm. hit on a defenseless receiver this year. They're all in prime time. Yeah. Yeah. Not one has happened in the early window on a Sunday because there are lots of games going on and the NFL think it will get past it. In prime time games where everyone's watching, the NFL get on the phone to the ref and tell them to kick them out of the game. Yeah. So that exists today. They just don't talk about it. 
Yeah, because yeah, the last you... thing I want to talk about is you mentioned the the Tom Brady roughing the passer call, which was a joke. Um, there's more conspiracy theories going around after this weekend because if you look at the last two drives of the Saints Bucks game, the left tackle Donovan Smith is holding on every single play, like, and it's not there's holding on every play and you could always call it. It's like he's bear hugging a guy and wrestling into the ground. No call. He had a hand around someone's neck as they were tackling Tom Brady. No call. And it was literally every play, every play for two drives in a row. And they went down and they won the game on those drives. I mean, and people, so given yeah. that the NFL are making so much money from legalized gambling, they are going to make these refs professional the second they get sued for the fact yeah. that the wrong call changes a game and people lose money. And I would fully expect a class action lawsuit at some point in the next year or two forcing the NFL to make a change. Yeah, well, when I mean, we it see worked it, out well for me when Taylor Heineke got hit when he was already <laughs> on the floor from the Eagles. That at one me at one me some money, so I'm not joining in on that lawsuit. So, all right, let's stop piling in on the refs. It's definitely a major issue, and I think that you're right, Dan. It would just be interesting to see what season they do finally become fully professional. But I'm sure some listeners have been shocked to hear the, like you say there, that most of the rest in the NFL or all of the rest in the NFL are in fact semi-professional. Right, Tebs, over to you, mate. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this one. I know it. Well, this should come as no surprise about what my event is about. My sweet prince. My sweet Hawaiian prince. <laughs> oh, Shegri. Unbelievably awful performance. Um, the problem is, and I'm worried now, that when Tua's, when Tua's light and free, when he's, you know... Happy, happy as Larry, no expectations, just, just living a dream, just have a great time. He's the best quarterback in the league, and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, but when there's expectations, when people are saying this is the biggest game of the season, which it was, um, the the performance wasn't you lose there. It to Brock it was, Mr. Irrelevant. Shut the That's fuck up. I'm talking. Right? Um, he, the performance wasn't there. Um, Jalen Waddle got his first reception in the fourth quarter. There were balls that were flying over the heads. There was it was what people were worried about at the start of the season. Oh, he's overthrowing Tyreek. He's underthrowing this. He's that. He's the. It just wasn't good. Um, I cried. I still believe, but I feel like if there's this if there's this narrative that seems to be being pushed at high pressure situations for an NFL quarterback and he can't perform. Damaging, yeah. Well, Damaging. Look, he was under an immense amount of pressure from my 49ers, so Fuck much you. so the next gen stat of the game four 49er defenders registered two or more quarterback pressures in that game that being Nick Bosa, Samson Ibukom, uh, Eric Armstead, and uh, Charles Omenahu. So, I dug into this game a lot today for my breakdown article, and I have good news for you, Tebs. He was bad. But you should have won the game. Um, I, don't know about that. I don't expect him to be this bad ever again. Okay. Like, this is the first time he's played the best defense in the NFL. And that's what the 49ers are right now. They're the best defense in the NFL. This is the first time he's played them in his career. And this is a learning experience for him because you said he got pressured a lot. And he kind of did, but it was a 24% pressure rate, which is about his season average. So, on 24% of his dropbacks, he got pressure in space. But he acted like he had pressure all the time. 
So he True. had both of his starting tackles missing. And I think he True. thought, I'm going to be under pressure. I've got to get the ball out. I've got to get my ball out. Didn't sort his feet out on lots of throws that he missed and wasn't mm. patient enough. There were two or three occasions where he had someone behind the defense. And he didn't see them because he'd already let the ball go because he was so nervous about getting pressure that when he didn't get pressure. So I think McDaniel will show him this tape and say, look, you need to have that confidence because the plays were there. Like we held up. The receivers were open. We know you can hit them. And he hit a beautiful 45-yarder to Hill. But he just didn't do it often enough. So I think this is a great learning experience for him. And if I'm the 49ers and I somehow get to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as my quarterback, I do not want to play the Dolphins because their receivers were open everywhere. Yeah, they were. like That was the thing that was noticeable and most concerning about the first half. Admittedly, they got better in the second half, but... They were open and Tua just missed them. And uh, what you say there, Dan, yeah, I mean, that's that's really interesting. I'm looking forward to reading the uh, breakdown, actually. That'll be good. Um, because, yeah, he looked frazzled, didn't he? And it was evident because Tua is a quarterback that is known for his accuracy. That's what made, that, has what, that is what has made him so good this year because Mike McDaniel and Tua are the perfect pairing. Mike McDaniel schemes his receivers, receivers open, but better than anyone in the league. And Tua sticks it on the numbers every single time. This was the one time that he didn't. And you're right. The the, the point about the tackles is, is a good one because he looked like he didn't want to take the hit and he knew he thought the hit was coming. Tebs, do you feel any better? I do. I do think that like after everything that has happened to Tua, obviously last year with uh, the broken ribs and I believe a broken finger and then the concussion, concussions this year um Tua does not want to get hit but it seems to be that because of Mike McDaniels we've Mike McDaniels has schemed around that quick release um and as like if Dan if honestly if Dan's telling me that you know all you need to do is just believe a little bit more then um I think it's doable though obviously Chargers defense isn't horrible it should be realistically be better but it's going to be interesting to see if we have um, Armstead back. Obviously, we've just signed Eric Fisher, but who knows if he's, you know, going to be any um, help. Well, the good with... news is that um, your uh, your lovely ex 49 and running backs, uh, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, they will have a good week this week because all running backs have a good week against the Chargers' uh, horrible run defense. So uh, even if Tua needs, if Tua needs to get a bit of confidence in him. He knows that he's got the um, the running backs to rely on as well. Right, we're so we're going to move on. Before we hit our next vent, going to just remind you how to how to send us your vents if you do want to get them on the show because we want to hear them. We want to make you feel better or laugh at you. Uh, NFLventzone at gmail.com. That is the uh, email address for us. Send them in, nflventzone at gmail.com. We would prefer a voice note, but if you don't like the sound of your own voice, then do just send us an email, send us some pictures, DM us on social media, tag us in something, whatever suits you best. Send it in, we'll get it on the show, and we'll all have lots of fun. Um, right, we're moving on to look at Aaron Rodgers and... Uh, Dan, you seem to think that there's been a bit of misuse of amazing star rookie Christian Watson. What on earth are you on about? Okay, so Christian Watson is six foot five and 210 pounds, and he runs a 4 2. Like, in terms of athlete, he is up there with, you know, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf as just a freak of nature. 
And in the first six games that he played this year, he got 14 targets for 10 catches and 88 yards and was used as a gadget player around the line of scrimmage. Purely because, in my opinion, Rodgers saw that he dropped the first pass of the year, which would have been a touchdown because he was wide open, and went, oh, I can't trust this guy, I'm not going to throw it to him. Now, since then, since he's decided, oh, actually, this guy is quite good, in four games, he's got 15 catches for 323 yards and seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. And they aren't fluky, and defences know about him, but he is open all the time. He's big, he's physical, he's quick, his route running is better than people think. This guy is going to be a top five receiver in the league, and it annoys me that Rodgers didn't use him for the first half of the season because they'd be in a much better place now. I broke down that game against the Giants, and when the Giants were in man coverage, Dobbs would covered every single play, and Rodgers threw it him 10 times. Watson was open on every single play, and he didn't look at him once. And that is one of the reasons why they are so far behind the Vikings right now, because he refused to throw it to the guy that was open. Was he on the pitch, though? He was off the pitch a lot early doors. He seemed to have... But when he was on the field, he was open. When he was on the field, yeah. But, I mean, he was he was having, you know, he was he was injuring himself. He was having concussions and then re- getting reconcussed and then getting... It felt like in the first half of the season... I mean, as in the first half of what's already been played, it felt like he was genuinely injured every every other game. And, uh, I, you know, that does stop you getting into the flow of it because it's not just the games that you miss. It's also the training sessions. And, like, Romeo Dubs had some... I mean, he was almost just as up and down. Like, he was dropping catches left, right and centre as well. And then he's been getting injured. So it's definitely been a turbulent season for them. Um, and I guess they've just got to be happy now that they do have Watson on the field and he's proven what an elite talent he is. Because um, he's just taken it by storm. And I suppose, you, again, you do see, the, see this from rookie wide receivers. They start slow, they find their feet, and then they absolutely blow up down the stretch. You think of uh, Amon Ra St. Brown last year and then look what he's turned into this year. Yeah, it just shows the light. As much as Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's Canton bound. Everyone knows it. But, God... <laughs> Like people can say that other people are divas, but just because he's quite endearing within his sort of um divaness, um it's it's he still he still loves a good moan. Oh yeah. And he moans more he moans more than anyone, but it's just because I don't know, I like the visual of like a like a, a forty something um California hippie just saying, yep, I've done ayahuasca in the off-season and I'm going to be better for it. Come back and then just com- constantly complain and constantly, you know, have the most visual breakdowns of whether or not his receivers are good. Um, it's It goes from, like, veteran instinct to petulant in in a in very, very quickly. And I think that what the Packers may have seen now is that, you know what, maybe a life after Rodgers may not be as bad as they think it is. And I think that is what this particular instance of negligence or wide receiver negligence has um, is going to tell the people of Green Bay. He holds a grudge as well. We know that. Yeah, 100%. He holds a grudge. And like, oh, he is a stubborn mofo. 
Yeah, and that whole thing about, you know, Christian Watson couldn't have messed up in a more high-profile manner by dropping that first guaranteed 75-yard touchdown on one of the first plays of the season. He dropped an absolute dolly. And then, lo and behold, we don't really see of him. And uh, that's proving to be to the um, detriment of the uh, to the Packers who've had a horrible season and doesn't reflect well on Rodgers uh, for just ignoring him, as you have pointed out, Dan. Um, yeah, and you know what most quarterbacks would do if their like star new rookie receiver drops the ball, throw it to them again, give them a chance to redeem themselves. Instead, he basically put him in purgatory for six weeks. Yeah, especially when like Rodgers just seems to get no help from the organization in terms of supporting him with receivers. It was become a running joke how badly they have like tried to fill those positions. Whether that's in the draft or free agency, there's been very little movement and. Um, yeah, they have, for, luckily for Packers fans and unluckily for everyone else, they do appear to have hit. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're going to move on on the topic of wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ. Tebs, are you going to talk to us about why OBJ is just winding us up? OBJ, this is this is it. We've heard this multiple times. It's sort of getting a bit Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brownish. It's oh, when where's he going to sign? When's he going to sign? Oh, they don't worry. He's going to sign after Thanksgiving. Don't you worry. OBJ will come back. The narrative that I can understand they're trying to push is that without OBJ, the Rams wouldn't have won the Super Bowl, which is false. But it seems to be that no one really knows where he's going or if he's going at all. But (laughs) does OBJ make anyone better is the question. And as far as I'm concerned, the answer is no. No one's missing OBJ. They're missing what OBJ was. And I think that's the takeaway from this whole OBJ drama. Uh, Dan, what do you think about Odell Beckham Jr.? I think you're right. People love the idea of OBJ. And they saw him in the Super Bowl and they went, oh, he actually looks a bit like he used to look. But the guy has now done the same ACL twice. And in eight games with the Rams last year, he went for 305 yards. To put that into context, Alan Robinson, who's a big flop this year, has gone for more yards per game than OBJ did last year. For less money than OBJ got last year, but is a flop and OBJ was great. And now he's done the same ACL again and currently isn't fit for practice, isn't working out for these teams, and isn't going to be ready in the regular season. And yet he's getting this like 
Peyton Manning-esque free agency tour where all of these teams are trying to get him and they're spending two days with him and all the stars are out. For what? Like, the guy might play in the playoffs, maybe. He might be able to run, but he's refusing to work out for teams. Like, for a guy that went for 300 yards last year in eight games, I'm sick and tired of hearing about him. I want to talk about him if and when he's fit to play, yeah. not what is realistically two months out from that. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, like, Tev, to, to your point there, you said about how does he actually improve anyone? In theory, people are thinking, like like both of you said, that the old OBJ would improve a team. However, when you look at him, there's no doubt he's a diva personality. I think your comparison to an Antonio Brown is a, is a pretty good one. So if you look at some of these teams who are a finely oiled machine, let's look at Cowboys, for example. They're hitting their stride on both sides of the ball. Michael Gallup is coming through for the Cowboys. They've already obviously already got CD Lamb. Does adding someone like OBJ just complicate the matter? Does it make the quarterback go, I need to feed OBJ? Does it make him look for OBJ instead of taking the easy option to Michael Gallup because Michael Gallup is called Michael Gallup and not Odell Beckham Jr.? Does it mean that the team, will it will they actually actively take a step back with having them on, with having OBJ there? You know, like, you, how often do you see this with, um, like, again, it's not the best example because Baker Mayfield's not exactly proven to be a very good quarterback. In fact, he's just got fired and re-signed. But him in Cleveland, there was like, people could see that he played better when Odell Beckham was off the field. It's that whole thing about you're not forcing it to a player. These teams that are on the way to their super are on their way to a Super Bowl. Why jeopardize it? Why add a player that is proven to be a bit of a handful? Is it is the risk even worth it? That's my point. What I what my personal opinion is that it's going to work if someone gets him. It's going to work as almost a reverse of Tyreek Hill in the sense of people are going to say well OBJ's you know he's not very good anymore or he wasn't who he was so they're not going to you know they're not going to double him they're not going to do this and then it provides Odell Beckham with the opportunity to be the old OBJ and make these spectacular catches I personally don't think if he signs with a team teams are going to divert their attention away from a CD Lamb or a Michael Gallup to cover Odell Beckham Jr. in that third in that third slot, I think it's. I think if I think if he signs, it's going to be the inverse of that, which provides OBJ with an opportunity to, you know, put uh, put another notch in his, um, like, honestly, Hall of Fame career. Well, okay. I mean, that's a bold statement. We'd have to. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but it doesn't. It hasn't struck me as a Hall of Fame career. Just, this far, I uh, mate, honestly, just is. for that, just, just... sorry, go on. he might end up on the Eagles. And if he ends up on the Eagles as the number three receiver or number four with Dallas Goddard, then that is a good spot for him to be, yeah, because they're also not going to let him be, you know, the big I am in Philly. That's not how it works. So, I think if he goes there as a number three, that could work. If the Bills sign him, expecting him to be a number two, no, not anymore. But also because with the Eagles, you know that Devontae Smith is the number two receiver. It doesn't matter the fact that OBJ is called Odell Beckham Jr. Devontae Smith is so talented that there's no doubt where OBJ fits into that lineup. Um, 
so yeah, boys, we'll have to see. Maybe this time next week we'll know, but by the sounds of it, it might be a while before OBJ gets himself a new playing jersey. So we're going to move on. They're Chicago Bears. Now I've got, I'm finishing up today and I've just got a very quick brag. And it's very simple, actually. Not a very big one. I just want to point out that Bears fans must be delighted. This is, this is, this couldn't be going better. The one of the one of the few issues that there are with the NFL is that I love the draft system. I love it to bits. However, the fact that there's motivation to lose games at the end of the year, the whole tank job, does create some difficulties for fans. Now with the Bears, they are losing relentlessly, but boy, do they look exciting. And for one reason, Justin Fields. They took Justin Fields last year. I think it was the third quarterback taken around the ten, around the tenth pick, and he looks he looks super super exciting. So as a fan, for a team that are completely out of the uh, out of the out of the tournament already, if that's what you want to call it, there's no chance they're going there. This is just going perfect. Losing games, looking sexy while do it. Justin Fields looks like one of the more exciting prospects in the league. Boys, are you jealous of Chicago Bears fans? That's what I'm going to say. Dan, are you jealous of Chicago Bears fans? <laughs> are we going to go I'm there? not, but only because I'm a Seahawks fan. Oh, we're going to not only make the playoffs this year and win the division over your 49ers, but we've also got what's going to end up being the number two overall pick. Thank you, Denver. If I wasn't a Seahawks fan, yes, I'd be jealous. <laughs> Tev. No, because do you want to know why not? Because there are some teams within the NFL that I, I look at and I'm like, God, I can't imagine what it's like to wake up every day and support the Chicago Bears. Like, I, I don't understand what that must be like to, to literally wake up every day and support the Chicago Bears. I We said earlier in the season that, you know, the Bills have got a history of being absolute bottle jobs and honestly i've got no respect for the chicago bears as a franchise absolutely none absolutely none they've proven to be awful obviously all they need is like a good head coach but sometimes they can't even find that it took them half a season to realize that justin field's legs work so i'm not going to give them any sort of celebration because they let their quarterback who everyone knew could run run I'm not, I don't, no, no, Chicago Bears fans, no, I'm not jealous, absolutely not. Okay, I was, uh, yeah, maybe that was You're just jealous because they have a quarterback and you have two broken ones. Yeah, just give me your call. And also, we were highly linked with Justin Fields when we traded up, when we traded up for the third overall pick to to, uh, to take uh, Trey Lance. We had a whole month of people deliberating who it was going to be, and a lot of people thought it was going to be Justin Fields. In fact, when we made that first, when we made that leap up to the third pick, it, everyone thought it was going to be Justin Fields. Um, but yeah, it's uh, nevertheless, no matter how you boys feel, I do think that for Chicago Bears fans who are tied at the hip to that team, I think things must be quite exciting at the moment because everything is going perfectly. All right, we're going to move on to our locks. We uh, we all won last week. We maybe we know what we're on about, boys. Check us out. To, uh, Dan and I uh, won on the Bills uh, against the Patriots, and Tebs had uh, a bit of a nail biter with the Buccaneers just getting over the Saints. Um, Tom, it looked like another one of those games where I Tom paid Brady off the refs. 
That's what yeah, it was. I paid them. I paid them off. The refs off. I paid them off. There you go. You heard it here first. All uh, right. Let's pull up the graphic. Who are we locking up this week, fellas? Right. We start with me. I'm locking up the Bengals now. Dan, you're joining me in this on paper. Okay, on paper, this is a couple of things. On paper, it looks like a slam dunk. However, when you look into it, the Bengals have lost their last four games against the Browns. They lose to this team. However, I don't think they're going to lose to Deshaun Watson in his second game. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, much to the joy of plenty of people around the league, looked awful. We all want him to fail, let's be honest. And uh, I just think that, yes, the Bengals have this bit of a bogey team issue with the Browns, but I don't see that continuing this week. I don't see how the Browns are going to put up enough points to hang with the uh, thriving Bengals offence. Dan, do you share my opinion? I assume you do. I do. The Bengals defence is one of the top five in the league. The Browns, as we saw last week, are bad. Um, So I just don't see how they score enough points. I don't think the Bengals are bad enough on offence to give the Browns defence a chance to make the plays that the Texans did. So I just don't see how they keep it close. This could be a blowout. I hope it is. Fingers crossed. Tebs, now you're looking up, Tebs, a team that we have banished, or I say banished, we have welcomed into the vent zone numerous times and in fact given them a lifetime membership. Perhaps one we need to renew given that they're on a bit of a hot streak and you have put them in your lock of the week. Why? Well, that's easy because they they must have, someone has called Mark Davis. Someone's called him on the phone and went, oh, Mark, I've got a lifetime membership for you. And he goes, oh, a free lifetime membership. Yeah, to the trash heap of the vent zone. He's gone, oh, I can't be doing that. I'm going to take myself out of that particular club. And what he's done is he's told his team, uh, maybe win some, win some. It's very, very, very poetic that the Raiders are the Las Vegas team because at the end of some of these games, they're going all in and they're winning. They've got the Rams. They've got the Rams today or tomorrow. Today, the Rams, awful. The Kings are awful. going on, Awful. Bad. Not entertaining at all. Another Thursday night game that sucks. What a surprise. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really simple one. Las Vegas is hot. The Rams are sub-Arctic. It's not looking good. It's not looking like their dreams of um, a repeat of the Super Bowl are gone that it's not happening it's impressive just how bad they are um am i i'm not i'm not worried about baker mayfield i'm not i'm really not um that's it that's that's all i've got to say i think the raiders are gonna beat the rams it's not that difficult of a um of a leap as far as i'm concerned no that's both fine. teams are both team both teams are awful but the raiders are better than the rams yeah Rams, I think they're going to potentially be historically the worst team to defend a Super Bowl win. I think that's probably true. A safe team to bet against this year. Uh, The Lions are waiting for them to be really bad so the Lions get their first round pick. Who'd have thought? They don't even get the good bits of losing. And Jared Goff is is better than Matt Stafford at this point. And they get the first round pick for it. It's just brilliant. I mean, granted, the, the Rams got themselves the Super Bowl. So, if anything, everyone is a winner. Uh, but we're going to leave it there, all boys. All three of us would happily be the worst defending Super Bowl champions of all time. Yes, that we'd all 100%. Win so, yeah. You know, good for them. 
Good, good for them. Well done. Uh, right, well done, boys, to you as well, because that was another good podcast. Let's leave it there. Everybody enjoy the Rams beating the Raiders tonight and serving up a big fat L for Tebs. Cam Akers going to run like crazy, I'm sure about it. Right. See you later, everyone. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. Dan, Tebs, thank you very much. Ciao. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.